That's why I laugh when the atheist says that he doesn't believe in anything. He has no faith. The atheist believes in more than he thinks he does. Episode 2 of the Yavi Wise Podcast. My name is Shaq. Good to see you all. I hope you've had a wonderful weekend of breakthrough, a wonderful weekend of blessings, a wonderful week of some of the many things that you've all been praying for. I know God is on the move. Amen. The Holy Spirit is definitely on the move. You know, God is calling more and more of his prophets and servants to rise every day. And God filled my heart. He put it in my heart to take part in helping you, children of Yah, become part of the uprising, the uprising of the kingdom. So today's episode is called Cross Your River. And I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapter 1 and Matthew 16, 24. But before I begin, I just want to say a quick prayer. Father God, Lord Jesus, in your mighty and holy name, I pour your blood over this very microphone, over this very live and my audience. Father God, allow your power to flow through me. Let your will be done through me this very evening. Give me the words to speak to your people. Give me the wisdom to impart onto your people. Allow the good fruit to go to your people. Allow this daily bread to be received in the hearts of many, Father God, so that they can go out and advance the kingdom as you will. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, looking on Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, in the name of the word reads, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The Lord says to Joshua, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance to the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Skipping on to chapter 1, verse 9 in Joshua. And by the way, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Have I not commanded you, the Lord says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Skipping into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I pray that this word be received right in the hearts of the audience. I pour the blood of Jesus once again over this microphone over this podcast, over my audience. And I pray that you may allow me to sow the good seed 
this evening, Father God, or this day, Father God. I pray that everyone receives the breakthrough. I pray that everyone crosses the river, Father God, through this live. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, becoming a true believer takes tremendous courage. And it can be extremely scary because it requires exposure, atonement, and it takes away your excuses in life. How many of us children of y'all understand that? But the benefits thereof, they far outweigh any temporary pain you could go through. Especially the temporary pain of crucifying your flesh or surrendering a life of worldly desires in favor of a higher calling to be God's chosen and God's anointed. To fulfill the purpose that you were fearfully and wonderfully made for. And it should be mentioned that a true disciple of Christ is not a popularity contest. And persecution, it does come with the territory. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. John chapter 15, verses 18 to 19. If the world hates you, you shall know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Children of Yah, if you were chosen, please understand. It is not a popularity contest. And the world will hate you. You will be hated. You will be persecuted, even if you don't even know it. I remember I said in episode one that the devil knows who you are, even if you don't. So I encourage you, children of Yah, that as we go forward and as you go forward in your walks and your journeys, to keep that in mind and Pay no attention to these so-called Christians who are very, very popular with the world. These popular pastors, they generate millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for the kingdom. And they just have followers everywhere, even worldly people, even people who don't truly believe in God, but they idolize these people. Be mindful of a Christian who is loved by the world. Jesus said, that is not possible. That is not possible. But it's not about being hated by the world. It's about winning more souls for the kingdom. And please understand that in Isaiah 45, 7, God said, I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all of these things. So God can use anything and everything to send you the message. He'll even, he'll use the most demonic person that'll come across your walk. And that demonic person will be used for the glory of the kingdom. Why? Because 
all things work together for the for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And so moving forward, it's always going to cost you something to be truly blessed. Children of Yah. And most people who say they're Christians, they don't want to sacrifice that desire to be loved by the world, which makes them at odds with God. What does James 4 verse 4 say? Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So what it really comes down to is, children of Yah, when I say this, I say anything over this microphone with all due love, respect, and edification because I want to see everyone receive the breakthrough. I want to see everyone receive the transformation. And I want to hear so many testimonies as a result of this live. That's my true goal. So anything I say is for that. It's for that purpose. It's for the purpose of pushing the kingdom in each and every one of you. But what it really comes down to is two things. Do you want to be popular? Or do you want to be blessed? And if it is indeed the latter children of Yah, then we must, we must come into prominence and cross the river as Joshua crossed the river, the river Jordan to retake Israel. Because see, Joshua was the little guy whom almost all of us, I would say, or at least me could relate to. He felt that he wasn't really up to the task of leading the people of Israel. How many of us have ever felt like that? How many of us have ever felt like God gave us something that was just too big to handle or life gave us something that was just too big to handle? Like I was the most ignored person in school and you're going to choose me to help lead the charge to advancing the kingdom here on earth. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I could do that. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, this is some of the things that I struggle with in, in my adolescence. I don't know if I could do that, man. You know, I, you're telling me I'm going to be able to lead thousands. I'm going to be able to save thousands, hundreds. And I only have two friends sometimes two good friends. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. And so this is what Joshua was struggling with in his mind. He felt like he wasn't up to it. You know, he wasn't the big, strong, you know, ideal image of a leader, a strong leader. But God chose him for a reason. And God, children of Yah, he loves the little guy. The Bible is full of stories about the little guy. The Joshua's, the Gideon's, the David's, the Elijah's, the Elisha's. God loves the little guy. And how do we know? that Joshua wasn't 
really up to the task of leading the people because God told Joshua specifically what he needed to hear, which was to be strong and courageous. So much, in fact, that the term be strong and courageous is mentioned four times in the first chapter of Joshua. And so it is with us. And when God promises something, he has no problem giving us the confirmation that we need over and over and over and over again. Why? Because he loves us and it's his greatest desire that we do his will. He wants to bless us. He wants us to receive inheritance. But if we don't honor him, that's why the river is there. That is the crossing of the river, children of God. And you know what? I'll I'll even take it a step further. The world loves people who are popular, right? And they want you to believe that the most anointed people to serve God are the Joel Osteens, the T.D. Jakeses, the Joyce Myers, and the Stephen Furtick's of the world, right? But like I said, it's really the little guy, people like you and me, respectively. And I say respectively because I don't want you guys to think that I'm being demeaning. But when I say little guy, I mean the guy who doesn't have the money, doesn't have the glitz, doesn't have the glamour that a Joel Osteen with all his books his mega church and his millions on top of millions would have. And the world wants you to think this way, children of God. The world wants you to think that you need to have all these things in order to be blessed. So the world's true desire is to have you true believers be tempted into prospering into an antichrist system. A system where you're blessed if you're rich. But what did Jesus say? For what good is it that a man should profit and gain the whole world but lose his soul? The love of money, ladies and gentlemen, as it says in Timothy, is the root of all evil. The root of all evil. And so... It's really people like us, the children of Yah, the true children of Yah, the true remnant. You don't have all of that, but you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you everything you need. You desire for nothing else in this world. You desire for no material thing. You have the basic needs of providing for your families, paying your bills, making sure there's food on your table. But other than that, you desire nothing. And so it's people like us. And whenever God's chosen, whenever God's chosen, you know, the people like us, whenever he chooses us, whenever that choice was made known, notice that It's always the rejects of the world, the ones who couldn't sit at the cool kids table at lunch. Now go sit somewhere else. We don't want you here. 
the ones who weren't allowed in the club, the ones who were unpopular, the ones who always got made fun of because they were God's chosen. And that's what Jesus says. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you were not, you were chosen. And therefore, the world hates you. And so a lot of Christians, they live in compromise because they don't want that persecution. They want the blessing, but they don't want that persecution. They don't want to be made fun of. They don't want to be bullied. They don't want to be spat at. They don't want to be kicked. They want the popularity because it's all about them. It's all about fulfilling the desires of their flesh. And what does the word of God say about that? It says in 1 Samuel, rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And I want to focus on the second thing out of that verse, the stubbornness. The reason why it says the stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry is because when you're stubborn, the only ways you worship are your own. Jesus told us to take up our crosses daily and to lay those things down. He must increase, I must decrease. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the more absent you are from your flesh and the more present you are with your Lord, you realize that those things are not important because the Lord is the one who provides all that you need. He truly gives you all that you need. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, cursed is the man who relies on flesh for his strength. A Christian who desires to be popular. They rely on the world. They rely on their flesh. They rely on their desires for other people to say, oh, he's Christian, but he's cool. He still does what he, what we do. That is a trap, children via. Do not fall into this trap. Galatians says, he who sows into the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows into the spirit will reap everlasting life. A true believer, a true born again believer, they're going to do the things of the spirit. Their faith is going to produce the real works of the spirit. You never see Jesus engage in the worldly activities. You never see Jesus party. You never see Jesus smoke the weed. You never see Jesus fornicate. I renounce that image in Jesus' name. I don't even like to think about that. You never see it. You never see it. And so they're not going to let you sit at the cool kids club. They're not going to let you sit at the table. And when I was a kid, I always tried to fit in and I knew I was different. I knew I was different. And I always got made fun of because I was different. But it wasn't necessarily the people. 
It was the force that controlled them that led that persecution. There's only two camps, God, Jesus, or the devil. And people who straddle the fence, they're part of the devil. You either have all of yourself in Jesus or none of yourself in Jesus and you're part of the world and you're corrupted. You cannot serve two masters, Jesus says. No one can serve two masters. And I'll be transparent. I'll be transparent. I had received the calling of becoming a pastor many, many years ago. And whenever I was approached with it, you know, I would always say, oh, no, not me. No, 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 no. That is not for me. If I mess up, they're going to torch me. They're going to flame me and they'll never trust me again. And they're going to make fun of me and they're going to say all these horrible things about me. No, mm -mm, not in this lifetime. Never. If you would have approached me with the idea of starting a podcast at that time, I would have told you, (laughs) get out of here, man. Nah, not for me. And yet here we are. Why? Because God spoke to me. And he told me to build the kingdom and lead his people. And that if I did this, then the inheritance would be mine and I would receive the promise. So I crossed that river and with it came something I never anticipated. Receiving the power to perform the signs and wonders and many, many miracles of Yah. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that's what happened to Joshua and the people of Israel. The Spirit came upon them and led them to cross the river to retake the land of milk and honey that was Israel that God promised them. And God doesn't send out his children, without arming them, arming you, children of Yah, with what you need to cross over and retake the promised land. It wasn't a sword. It wasn't armor. It wasn't uh, a broadsword. It wasn't some special weapon. It was God himself. He said, I will be with you wherever you go. God was all they needed. And see, it's so important as true disciples of Christ that we walk with boldness and courage because here's the thing, children of Yah. God will not remove anything that he didn't give you. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And a lot of times, we pray the wrong prayers. Stop me if I'm wrong, but they usually go something like, God, please remove the fear. Please make the walk be easier. Please help me as I will await on you. 
And as you're praying for the fear to be gone, he's sitting there going, I already gave you the power to remove it. And I gave you the authority to cast down the stronghold. You're just not doing it. And that's why the whole, I've been praying for God to remove the fear prayers. They never, ever, ever work. I prayed those prayers for years because I was such a scared and timid person. I prayed those prayers for years and those prayers were never, ever answered. Why? Because the word of God says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And honestly, guys, the best way out of your situation is just to do God's will. The fear is not something that he gives us. The fear is something that we get ourselves from a voice that had convinced us that we were scared, that had convinced us like it convinced Adam and Eve that we were naked and we need to hide ourselves, clothe ourselves with fig leaves. And the Lord is saying, who told you that you were naked? Child of Yah, who told you that you were fearful? Who told you that you couldn't do it? Who told you the promise wasn't for you? Certainly wasn't God. It certainly wasn't me, the Lord says. And so part of that prayer, you got to go to the root of it. It's bad fruit. It's fruit that poisons. You got to go to the root of it and you'll see that the prayer is rooted in a truth that wasn't there. John 8 verses 42 to 44, Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies. And if God didn't give us a spirit of fear, please understand, children of Yah, that fear is a lie. A lie. And God already gave you the authority. He's already, if you are a true believer, he has already given you the power to remove it. He has already well-equipped you for your walk. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, Jesus says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We are made in the image and likeness of God, children of Yah. We have this power. Jesus gave it to us. Jesus is the Christ. The Christ was his title. Because we are his and because he is God's, we are connected. We have this power. And it's because of the authority that you have, children of Yah, that you can cross your river and you will cross your river. 
And so the people of Israel crossed the river, abandoning the Egypt of old and the wilderness, which was for them the past behind with nothing but God. And for a lot of us, God is asking us to cross the river, leaving behind our own Egypts, broken and abusive relationships, limiting beliefs, limiting situations, poor finances, poor health, and to cross over into what we don't see. But all we have is his promise of prominence. That's all we have, children of Yah. That's all we have. And so, we always like to plague ourselves. When we're faced with this, we always like to plague ourselves. And we always like to come up with the many, many reasons of why not to cross the river. But God, what if it turns out worse than what it was before? But God, I don't really like to move unless I know what's in front of me. But God, you don't understand the pressure I'm under. But God, I feel funny because it's new to me. He told Joshua to cross the river. He never said, wait until you're comfortable enough to cross the river. And crossing the river is always going to be uncomfortable, children of Yah. It's always going to feel different. But when you feel bold and courageous, it doesn't matter how it feels. Because you have the boldness and courage to face what's in front of you. And you understand that your boldness and courage is not truly your boldness and courage. Your boldness and courage is filled with the spirit of the Lord. And you understand that the Lord is with you wherever you go. And with boldness and courage comes power. And that power, children of Yah, is incredibly dangerous to the devil. That is why he always wants us to walk in a spirit of fear, because when we walk in a spirit of fear, we can never have that boldness. We can never have the courage. We can never have the power. And most certainly, we can never have the promise. And what does it say in Revelation 21? It says the cowards, among other things, will have their part in the lake of fire and they will be judged according to their works. As much, as harsh as it is, as much as I hate to say it, children of Yah, God hates cowards. Cowards don't cross the river. Cowards stay in Egypt. Cowards don't advance the kingdom. Cowards can't receive the kingdom. Cowards are held in bondage. Cowards are dogs of the devil. To be a coward is to be a dog on a leash that can never be free. To be a prisoner in handcuffs and leg irons, to never know freedom. And that fear, children of Yah, it makes you weak. 
But the funny thing is, children of Yah, fear works both the same ways, but it gives you a different result. The fear of the devil keeps you blind in bondage and torment, but the fear of God brings you breakthroughs in wisdom and knowledge. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Proverbs 14.26 In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Children of Yah, the fear of the Lord, if you have the fear of the Lord, the devil can't touch you. The devil needs permission from you to touch you. Why? Because you are made in the image and likeness of God. As a default, whether you come to God or not, that's number one. So the devil has to honor that law because Satan is bound by God's word. Whatever God's word is, the Satan has to abide by. And the only torment that the devil creates in your life is because you gave permission to the devil and God allowed it to show you something. To say, look at what your own choice led to. It led to torment. It led to depression. It led to sadness. It led to fear. It led to anger. It led to brokenness. But if you had placed that fear in me, you would have obeyed my commands and you would have walked in obedience. And as a result, you would have received the power and you would have received the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding. Like it says in Jeremiah, 33.3 Proverbs 10.27 The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Will be shortened. God's desire. Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it abundantly. But the thief comes to kill and destroy. And because the thief likes to kill and destroy, his life will be killed as a result. His life will be destroyed as a result. His life will be shortened as a result. And he will experience the second death, which is the lake of fire. And on Proverbs 27, speaking on it, God can very much do anything. And like I said, Satan is bound by God's word and he could do nothing without your permission. But should you fall into the folly of his snare, God sees it as such. And it's foolish. He gave you the authority to resist it, to cast it down and to destroy the yoke. But rather than do that, we fellowship and befriend the devil through our own fleshly desires we entertain that sin we're not supposed to entertain we look at that girl walking across the street i renounce that in jesus name i use that as an example we drink that bottle i renounce that too in jesus name 
I renounce all these things in Jesus' name. We fornicate. We do all the things that are an abomination to the Lord. But what does Ephesians 5.11 say? And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. James 4.4, like I said earlier, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that a friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And what does God do to his enemies? He destroys them. And so, children of Yah, crossing that river can most of the time mean renouncing that affliction in Jesus' name. Crossing the river means the devil has no legal access into your soul because you crossed over into not only your river, but also your identity in Christ. Like Joshua became a king, so shall you become a king. A king belonging to the Christ. And whenever we know the truth of who we are, children of Yah, what does it do? It bulletproofs us. Because the truth always beats the lies. There is no lie that can destroy the truth. Remember I said that the devil was the father of lies in John chapter 8? All he can do is lie. The devil cannot honor anything that God creates. He has no desire because if he did, it would compromise him. His kingdom would be divided. Satan cannot cast out Satan. His kingdom would not be able to stand. So he is bound by that. He is a snare to that. There is no lie that can destroy the truth of who you are in Christ. It's like throwing a, a pebble at an elephant in hopes of knocking it down to the ground. Useless. And see, I want to bring something else to your attention. We always fall into the trap of playing the waiting game. And the one thing I constantly hear in my walk in fellowship with others is I'm going to wait on the Lord for him to make it easier. Or I've been praying for the Lord to take the fear away. But what does 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say? For we walk by faith and not by sight. So, so much of the faith, of our faith, is based on what you don't see. And if you're sitting there going, well, I don't know if I have the faith. I don't know if I have any faith. Even if you're listening to this as someone who is in the world, who is not yet a believer, please understand you have more faith than you realize. When you wake up in the morning or when you go to sleep at night, rather, you have faith that your roof won't collapse on you. You have faith that, God forbid, an aneurysm won't hit you and you drop dead. 
You have faith that the shower you took the next morning or this morning, the water was clean. You had faith that the food you ate today, it wasn't poisoned. You have faith that when you got in your car and you drove, wherever it is that you were going, you had faith that no one was going to hit you. You had faith that there was no drunk driver on the road when you decided to get out of your car and walk or get out of your house and walk. You had faith that no one was going to rob you. No one was going to kill you. No one was going to steal from you. So, we have faith in all these things. What about your job? You certainly have faith that you're going to go to work Monday morning without the expectation of being fired, God forbid. We have more faith than we realize as a people. That's why I laugh when the atheist says that he doesn't believe in anything. He has no faith. The atheist believes and more than he thinks he does. So, I want you to realize, children of Yah, that this is how God made us. There is an internal making within us that longs and desires for a belief system. This is how we are created. We are literally made to worship God even if you don't believe in anything. This is how you're literally made. Because even if you don't worship God, there's something in your life that you worship. Whether it's the devil, whether it's wrongdoings, or whether it's an idol. Some of us love the material possessions of this world. Some of us are huge, huge fans of some of the celebrities out there. Michael Jackson, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, George Clooney, who else? Those things, the Bible says, are idols, are gods to you, if you worship them. And what did the Lord say? The Lord said, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me, for I am a jealous God. God wants you to worship him and only him, children of Yah. Some of us Christians, we believe in God, we worship God, but we also like certain shows, certain songs, certain artists, certain brands be careful of building private altars for those things in your life children of yah i want to encourage you to do that but i want you to all realize that with each step you take it's a crossing over to the other side of the river you come to realize that The Lord is always going to back you up. This is the same promise that he gave Joshua. Do you really think that God is going to tell you to do his will and then you do it and he just leaves you up the creek without a paddle? 
Certainly not. That's not how it works. God always looks after his own. Always. Provided you walk in his obedience. Provided you do his will. Regardless of however you feel about it, God knows more than you. Isaiah 55, he says, for your thoughts are not my thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. He sees a different perspective that you who haven't crossed over yet are not privy to. He sees a different scope. And he only wants to give you a percentage, but he wants to give you the promise. And so God always looks after his own. And the deeper you walk in faith, children of Yah, the more you identify with that spirit of power and not that spirit of fear. The deeper you walk into God's will, the more God's will transforms you. And it's always going to feel strange. But more so, it's going to feel more empowering. And it's a feeling that you're always going to want more of because it's the Holy Spirit working within you. You're going to see, hear, and do things you've never been able to do in your life. It wasn't possible before. And then you're going to feel the pull to seek out that feeling of walking in your anointing more and more. And then it becomes a relationship if it hasn't already. You know, for many, many years, I would talk to God and he would ignore me. Why? Because I was still living in sin. I'll be transparent. I suffered from a a 22-year pornography addiction and I couldn't hear God's voice for a very long time. Why? Because it says in John 9, 31, now we know God does not hear sinners. But if anyone who worships him and does his will, he hears them. And I was not doing the will of God, but I wanted a relationship with God. But God knew that I would eventually come to this point. And there were times when he would speak to me, but most of the time he wouldn't because I feel like he was telling me, I already told you what to do. I don't need to tell you anymore. You need to take up your cross. You need to surrender that sin of adultery, surrender that sin of lust, surrender that sin of pornography. And you need to deny yourself. And follow me and see, we want the blessing, but we don't want to experience the death of the flesh. We want the blessing. We want to be comfortable. We want to have our pillows fluffed. That's not how it works, children of Yah. And I know that most of you have some secret sin that you keep to yourself And you don't tell anyone. And because you don't tell anyone, the devil keeps you in darkness, in bondage. I know this is the case. I've seen it in many, many, many eyes enough to know 
when someone is going through a deep, dark affliction. And I want you to understand, children of Yah, that the devil works in darkness. The devil is counting on you to keep it a secret. What does the word of God say in James chapter five? Confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins, children of Yah. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And what makes you righteous, children of Yah? Your faith. Because it says in Romans that Abraham's faith was accounted for righteousness. When you are truly faithful towards the Lord, you are righteous in his eyes. And that faith is going to produce the real works of the spirit, children of Yah. And so what God calls us to do is to have you lay down that secret sin the Holy Spirit put it in my heart just now to tell you this, children of Yah. Lay down that secret sin. Lay down the soul ties. Lay down the strongholds. There is a death that you have to go through in the flesh. Not literally die, like kill yourselves. But you have to surrender that flesh to Jesus. There is a death of that flesh, the fleshly desires that you have to go through to receive the keys. Jesus said, I have the keys to Hades and hell in the book of Revelation. Jesus could have only gotten the keys by crucifying his flesh here on earth. I'm not saying to literally die. I'm saying to surrender your flesh, surrender your fleshly desires and picking up your cross is a daily thing. As long as we are in this body, we are always going to have the desires of the flesh. We're always going to be tempted. The word of God says your brother, the brotherhood suffers the same temptation throughout the world. We all go through this. And just because the flesh is weak, doesn't mean you sow into the flesh. A lot of Christians, they use the excuse, or rather they use the passage, the flesh is weak, but the spirit, the spirit is willing. They use that as an excuse to say, well, God's going to give me the grace. God's going to forgive me. So I'm just going to continue to sin over and over and over again. They use it as an excuse and what does the word say? Should we continue with sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. Because Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2, I am he who searches the minds and hearts of many. He's always searching your heart. And if you have a heart that is not truly repentant towards him, you cannot receive the things of the spirit. And your discernment is carnal and your flesh is corrupted. And you have indeed made yourself an enemy of God, should you choose that path. And so, I know that as children of Yah, our biggest wish 
is that God tells us when we are done with this realm, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not depart from me. I never knew you. What did Jesus say? Not everyone who screams, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But who? Those who do my father's will in heaven. Those who do the father's will. But Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Did we cast out devils in your name? And the Lord says, depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. You who practice lawlessness, I never knew you. You sang the songs in church. You performed the gymnastics in church. But you never, ever surrendered your flesh for my namesake. And so, I want to encourage you children of Yah to build a relationship with the Christ. If you have it already, great. But if you don't, understand that there is great power and wisdom and knowledge in that relationship. The more you align your mind and your heart to the things of the spirit, the more you cross over that river, the more empowered you're going to be. You're going to receive things that rather than ask God for, you originally went on Google. What exactly does this mean in the scripture? What exactly did the pastor mean when he said this? Oh, let me Google it. For some of us, our God is Google. It's not God himself. James 1.5 says, if any one of you is without wisdom, let him ask of God and without reproach, it will be freely given to him freely. But what a lot of believers don't like to do is they don't like to ask God. They like to ask Google, ask Google, ask Siri. They like to ask Google. And they're led in their folly of doing so to a carnal answer most of the time and here's the trap with google how do you know their discernment was on point just because it's on google doesn't mean it's true for all we know the answers that you seek could be written from people who are natural in the flesh what does the word of god say about the natural man the natural man cannot perceive the things of the spirit they are foolishness to him and that's why you always pray to god first concerning the things of the spirit the things in his word matthew 6:33 says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you proverbs Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths, including the path to knowledge, children of Yah. And so, the more you connect with him, the more he gives these things to you. And by that point, it becomes a relationship, 
And also, too, you won't even notice the person you once were when you carry that spirit of fear and doubt. Your prayers, they stop becoming the God make it easy and they turn it into God. What is your next instruction? What is the next measure of your will? Whatever it may be, allow it to do it by your spirit, Father God. Because in doing so, children of Yah, it changes your whole outlook on faith. And you'll understand that what the world sees as kingdom or what Christians, worldly, carnally minded Christians see as kingdom or lukewarm Christians see as kingdom. You'll see it as not even close because the Holy Spirit took you there. John 14, 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And crossing your river, children of Yah, means doing exactly that, the greater works than what Jesus did in this natural world. And so, in essence, you're defying the natural world in favor of the spiritual world. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing, children of Yah. And we wrestle with it, but we always have a difficult time with believing the things of the spirit because we're constantly bombarded with what we see in front of us. From the time we're babies, Paul said, for I am carnal, sold under sin. When we're born into this world, children of Yah, we're born into iniquity. By default, even though we are made in the image and likeness of God, we're sinners. And everything we see as a sinner, we're constantly bombarded with because we don't have the spirit. We receive it in a carnally minded like way. And it disturbs our discernment. It affects the wisdom. And the devil is constantly throwing deception after deception after deception all the disney movies we watch full of sorcery full of wicked magic the devil is always reprogramming the minds of this generation he's always reprogramming and he uses disney to do exactly that. It's easier from the ages of one to five. The mind is, it's like a hard drive. Whatever you put in it, it stays there. And then you basically act on that as you get older. And they say that the brain stops developing past the age of 30. But I even renounce that in Jesus name because I'm past my 30s or rather I'm 34 right now and some of the things that I've experienced I've experienced very late in this game I wish I could have experienced it 
in my preteens and my teens and in my 20s. But it happened that the year it happened because God knew that it was time. So I renounced that in Jesus name. But I say that to say the devil is constantly, constantly on the prowl. And he knows. And God gave him the authority to do as such to wear the saints out. The scripture says. To wear them out. And God allowed this. Why? Because it says in the word of God several times, God loves to test the hearts of the righteous. He loves to test the hearts. We have been given the victory. We have been literally given the victory to overcome. And so to God, it's a game to him. He's just testing. How much are you willing to believe? He knows what he has for you. He knows what he's going to do for you. He promised it. But do you believe the promise? Despite the tribulation, despite the fiery trials, are you still going to count it as joy? And so we're constantly bombarded with the things of this natural world. But if we ignore what we see, children of Yah, and just walk the steps ordered by the Lord, we will discover that it is much better to only rely on the Lord rather than worry and wrestle with what is in front of us. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to live a life free of worry. And the word of God says, do not worry about anything in your life. God will provide all of your needs. I don't want to live in torment. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in suffering. I did that for two thirds of my life. I was never taught the gospel. I never had anybody to show me these things. That may not be your story, but it certainly was mine. And I don't really like to waste time. I love what the Lord has been doing in my life. I love what God has allowed me to do. And my biggest desire, and I know what his will is. I really want to share that with each and every one of you. So I want to encourage you all, children of Yah, in closing. Cross your river with boldness and courage. Cross the thing that you fear. Cross. Cross over to receive what Jesus promises you. And I want you all to understand that you're not as alone as you think you are. I stand with you as a brother in Christ. I stand with you. I love each and every one of you. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. We all have authority. We can all walk in that authority. And the world is getting worse and worse and worse these days. And the word of God says that the earth literally moans for more prophets and more servants to rise up. Some of you, you think you're so small. You think you're so little. You think that whatever you do is not going to make a difference. Let me tell you something. 
Some of you are going to have the greatest ministries to ever walk this earth. And I plead the blood of Jesus over that in your lives. Some of you are going to be some of the greatest prophets to ever walk the earth. Some of your children are going to be some of the greatest prophets, pastors, evangelists, apostles, teachers to ever walk this earth. And I plead the blood of Jesus that over as well. We have to protect the children. The enemy is targeting the children through his abortion tactics, baby formula shortages. They're targeting all these things to wipe out the next generation. They were attacking children in the schools. For those of you who live in America, they've been attacking the children in the schools with uh, his demonic doctrine, trying to tell a little boy that he can be a girl if he chooses to. The transgender agenda. Trying to corrupt their minds to prevent them from receiving the things of the spirit. And now he's attacking the food and now he's attacking their life. And there are some Christians out there who believe in abortion. They believe in that. Why would you kill a prophet of the most high? Why? I used to date someone who believed in Jesus or she said she believed in Jesus And then she came out with the, I'm pro-choice. I support abortion. Why? God is saying, why are you killing my people? Why are you killing them? Before they were even formed in the womb, I knew them and I sanctified them and I ordained them a prophet to the nations and you want to kill them? Why? Why? People bring up the story. But what about the rape victims? That rarely happens. That rarely happens. And if it does, I know some women do not want to hear this, but if it does, count it as joy. Count it as joy that another seed was brought into this world as he now has the chance to fulfill the walk of Christ and to change the story for the people around him, yourself included. We have to have a godly perspective when it comes to these things. I know some people do not want to hear this, but we have to have a godly perspective. And that only comes when you cross over. That only comes when you cross the river. That only comes When you understand what it is that God is asking you to do. And understand that as a true believer. You can never take a loss. You can never take a loss. Because it's counted as joy. And all things. Work together. For the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. If you like this podcast, if you like this episode, I hope you guys were filled in Jesus' name. Don't forget to subscribe. 
God bless you all. I hope you all have a wonderful week. The best is yet to come, truly. God bless you all. Thank you. Have a good night.